if somebody's confusing you or frustrating you, just try to stop and figure out where's this person coming from and how can I, maybe my reaction is, I appreciate it. I'm a strange person. I appreciate it when people try to, I don't know, maybe give me a break if I'm confusing them. It is a beautiful day in sunny San Diego. I'm hanging out with the Allison Jeffcoat. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a fun story because Allison and I go way back. So you're listening to Start of the Outs. This is Jared Easley. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Allison, you. is this your first podcast? It is. That's kind of cool. It is. I have listened to a podcast, but this is my first on the air podcast. So let's start there. Like, What podcasts would you listen to or do you listen to? I have listened to one where it is called, um, God, the name of it. It's like embarrassing stories where they read diaries. Like they read kid, like people find their diaries and they read them. God, I, I, the name escapes me. Stephanie's going to be mad at me because she's the podcast queen. And oh, I, fair enough. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, well, that's interesting because you're pretty active. Like you do a lot of running and stuff. So what do you listen to? You just listen to music or because, you know, some people could say, well, I listen to podcasts. I do. I listen to to everything, whatever. If it's got a if it's got a beat, I mostly like it. I was listening to Betty Who on the way over here. I like her as you should. Yes, <laughs> we saw her in concert at the House of Blues a couple of years ago for my birthday. Nice. Yeah, she was fabulous looking and very very tall. She's Australian and she is very very tall, like strikingly frightening. <laughs> it's not like high hills or nothing. It's no, it, it legit was, being tall. No, and I mention it and I stutter over it because it was very cool to see such a crazy tall woman performing. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, you haven't always lived in San Diego. So uh, maybe let's start. What ultimately compelled you to come to San Diego? And yeah, a little bit of background because there's a lot of people listening to be like, I don't know, Allison, what's going on with her? Right. Well, yes, no, I'm not from San Diego. I don't know very many people who are originally from San Diego. It's kind of like a place where people just come but then stay. Right. That's why they call back east, back east, because <laughs> if you're from back east, you just go back <laughs> and then come back home here to San Diego or Southern California. I'm that's funny. Originally from Alabama, as you know, because that's where we met. Right. I don't know if you're originally from Alabama. You were. It was junior high. Right? I, I would say if if someone really pressed me, what's home? Home? Like what was home growing up? I would say Montgomery. Okay. Yeah. Yes, me too. So Montgomery, Alabama. That's where I started, and that's where I stayed for about thirty-four years, maybe thirty-two years, and then a quick jump to Florida, and then out here to San Diego with work. Awesome. Yeah. So when we met, we were probably like in middle school. I want to say it might have been <laughs> earlier than junior high, so maybe sixth or seventh Sixth or grade. seventh grade, yeah. that's right. So while I've lost touch with you for a number of years, shame on me, it's really nice. This is the first time Alice and I have probably hung out face-to-face in, in 25 years, maybe. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. But surprisingly it, easy and exciting because I think that we're two of, and I can't say it for everybody, I haven't seen anybody after 25 years if it's been since junior high, but it's kind of the same, which is nice. It doesn't always, it's not always like that. True. And, and in fairness, we do, uh, we are connected on social media and like Facebook and stuff. And so I see your post and uh, in a way, even though I haven't seen you in all that time, I'm like, oh yeah, Allison, Allison's 
my people. She's my friend. Right. Which is one of my favorite things about social media. I think a lot of people say that it irritates me because there's all the whatever that's frustrating, the bad, but the good outweighs it so much more. I do get frustrated when I don't agree with people's whatever, their ideas or things that they put on social media. But the good that brings people back together or keeps people in touch is like phenomenal, in my opinion. Right. So let's, let's start with talking about Alabama for a moment. When you think of home uh, back east, uh, what are some things that really you love about back east? I love my family, right? my immediate family, and they're all still back there. My parents still live in Alabama. My sister lives in South Georgia, not too far from them. I still have cousins that I'm close to that are in Alabama. That's the first thing. And I don't want to say only because I don't like to speak in superlatives, but that's really what I love the most about Alabama is in home, I guess, would be would be my family. And the memories, you know. Sure. Nostalgia, good, maybe. Yeah. That's a good word for it. But I don't, I'm not any sort of interested in going back and, li- <laughs> and living there. Well, I think, that, yeah, most people that come out to San Diego, they probably wouldn't want to go back to where they, where they are, so. No, I don't. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but. <laughs> Well, okay, so, Allison, because we haven't chatted in so many years and we haven't talked, I mean, you've got a lot of life that's happened in those years, and, and you and I growing up, we were growing up in kind of a, a church environment in, in kind of southern Bible Belt, Alabama, right? And I guess I'm curious to know, now living out in San Diego and experiencing life and stuff, what, what are some, what's happened in your life and kind of what, what are some things that are important to you now? Yeah, it has been quite a lot. Turned, <laughs> and not to, we could cover all that in a podcast. But I know, I, I think I was, just, uh, uh, it, it does. It. Some, some, some key important things, I guess. Yeah, I have a very interesting story. When I was thinking about it, when you asked me if you want you wanted to talk, I was it's long and I'm long-winded. So I thought how what, how do you how do I, I should say, how do I make it into a nutshell, I guess. Um but, but at the same time that's the beauty of podcasting, Allison, is we can go as little or as long as we choose. Or so. edit out the boring. And that's a possibility <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, so it I was Let's see, standard, I think, yes, Bible Belt, born and raised, which was great. And I actually still use a lot of it today. My family was great. We had our things, our problems, just like everybody else. Um, but in, let's see, I guess it would be around junior high when I met you and it's like, ugh, now I'm going to stutter over it because it's, I don't even know how to start it. But um, you're sort of trying to figure yourself out, I sure. guess. And I say you, I mean me, but I think as a whole, everyone, I yeah. felt like everybody was trying to figure themselves out, myself included, because you, you're trying to figure out who am I, who are these people, how are we the same, and how are we different? And that's how I was thinking, I guess, when I was in junior high school. And I think a lot of people do that. I think my niece still does that. Or I think my niece doesn't because she's in junior high. And I Can I share with you what I thought yes. of you at that stage of your life? I saw you as being, you were athletic. Uh-huh. You were super funny. I'm but, still funny. And you are still funny. <laughs> but that at that stage, like you laughed a lot and you were just kind of a, a joyful person. That was the perspective that I had of you. So it was easy to say, hey, if Allison's name comes up, it was always like a positive. Like, yeah, it's easy to love Allison. Allison's awesome. I think so. And I think I'm, I'm a lot like that still. 
I was brutally honest about who I was, even when I was trying to figure it out as a, an adolescent, I guess is what I was trying to say. But it was a real struggle because I didn't want to be the different parts, I should say, of me. One of which was being attracted to both boys and girls. I figured that out at a very young age. And then I was also happy that I was attracted to boys and girls because I was very frustrated and I guess frustrated is just the good I, I was upset about it about the girl part so I just latched on to being attracted to boys and tried to ignore that I was attracted to girls and so that was a big part of my life because just being a human I was attracted to folks and being an adolescent it was a common occurrence also went to church a lot and we weren't not that I remember we weren't exactly sat down and told you can't be attracted to someone of the same sex but um, I know we were sat down and told you can't have sex with someone before marriage you can't do this and that a whole lot of moral teachings right Um, and I remember people saying how important it was to be sexually moral and it was and so then when I you know I guess I don't know when I heard that it was wrong to be attracted or was taught that I was, it was wrong to be attracted to the same sex. But that was, I don't, it was a pretty constant reminder that there was something wrong with me, but I also felt a real connection to my religion because I studied it. I practiced it. I loved it. I loved church. We were there yeah, and I had fun, but there was always that little nag in the back of my head that there's probably something wrong with me because I feel this certain way towards you know, this girl in seventh grade and, you know, all the boys just like everybody else. Yeah. So I didn't say anything to anybody about it and I felt real weird a lot. But I also was brutally honest about being myself in almost every other aspect of my life. And I think that was kind of like a stepping stone to finally get me to admit that part, you know, years and years and years later to everyone. But then, you know, in college, sort of admitting it to just a few select people was kind of a stepping stone. And then finally, let's see, I want to say it was, I was at, I was probably in my 30s and had just gotten out of a really long relationship with a guy that I thought that I was going to marry, I wanted to, um, who I was, you know, deeply in love with. I finally told my mom, I, I was probably 30, I guess, told my mom, my dad, and I think they had ideas about it because they were around someone, a female that I had a relationship, kind of a relationship with. And you can just tell when somebody's more than friends with somebody, or at least I feel like my parents could. So I skipped a whole lot, but sure, <laughs> that was a big part. I was um, feeling like a, a pull towards my Christian faith, but also, you know, feeling like Everyone in the Christian faith would probably reject me if I told them that I had this other whatever sort of, I don't, I don't even know what I would have called it, maybe just a feeling. So they were attracted to women. Yeah. Yeah. And, and growing up where we did, for people that aren't familiar with Alabama, I mean, that, that is kind of, I think it's safe to say part of the culture, is, or at least it was then. I think it still is now, <laughs> it's, it's You know, if, if, if people are attracted to the same sex, that is likely to be looked down upon or likely to be looked at as wrong or and yeah so i would imagine that dealing with that was probably not easy (laughs) 
And I, I'm curious to hear how your parents responded when that finally was the conversation that you had with them. Well, it was especially, it's especially, I don't know if it's looked down upon by, well, I don't know, I guess it is probably most people in the South, but especially in the church. And because I had, because I'm, I was, obsessed is not a great word, but because I was so moved by my faith, it was, it, it's, it was heartbreaking for a long time to think that sure. there were other people that might think that my, I call it my higher power now, but my connection to my higher power, God, whatever I choose to call it, but or whatever anybody chooses to call it. I didn't know that those were, that wasn't against the rules either. You know, I was, it's just very black and white in the South or in Alabama, sort of the way that, that I grew up. And, and that's okay. Black and white is sometimes appropriate. But when it comes to people's spirituality, in my opinion, I don't particularly care <laughs> for black and white. And I was afraid that people would reject me and say that my faith was somehow just like it was like it was wrong like it was a lie and so I was afraid that I was unaware maybe that I'd had severed my religion not religion but I had severed my God connection you know that's what I was always fearful of was that because of this I was somehow not connected to my higher power and just it was just like a somehow it like a sick joke that I felt connected in church, but that I actually wasn't because I was blatantly sinning, I should say, for not wanting to get rid of, you know, this attraction to the same sex, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. So to say about um, how my parents reacted, my parents are, they're religious um, and they're studiers of the Bible which I think helped me and helped them because they're also very open. My mother is one of the most open people. I think I, she's just fabulous. And I also have heard from other Christians that uh, have sort of had to change their minds and their views of how they feel about um, same-sex relationships. And it usually starts with them being in either having a friend or a very close a very close friend or, or a family member that comes out to them as a gay Christian or, or, or gay, period. Just something other than straight hetero. And you can tell, or a person can tell, when they're in a loving relationship. And I had a friend tell me that that's what did it for her. And I think that's what did it for my parents. Because the first time I told him, my mother was expecting me to tell her that I had a girlfriend. And I said, no, I just am tired of not being completely honest. I'm very close to my mother, very close to my father. We talk a lot. And there was that one thing I just refused to talk about with him. And so when I finally said it, it doesn't surprise me that my mom was waiting for me to say, okay, and my girlfriend's name is so-and-so. But that wasn't really what I was doing. But I think they just shelved it at that point because it wasn't real enough. It was just me saying, hey, by the way, I'm saying the words to you. I am attracted to men and women. And I think a lot of people struggle with that when it comes. I don't really care for the word bisexual, but there's really no other word for it. I'm not too sexual, you know. But people, I think a lot of times people want it to be one or the other. They want a team to be played for. Hmm. And it happens in the, I think it happens in the LGBT community. I say B, but 
and then some people are uncomfortable. I know some lesbians won't date somebody who's bi, maybe because it's past hurts. We're all human, but like they don't want someone who some people don't can't wrap their mind around somebody that, for lack of a better phrase, goes both ways. But it, I'm not any more of a threat to cheat on my girlfriend with a man as I am a woman. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to explain, but I think it's, at a certain point, it's not about body parts for some of us. Right. I think I'm, mm. I think it is a spectrum, but it's frustrating that my parents, because I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, I think maybe they just were like, okay, they didn't dismiss it. Don't get me wrong. They didn't dismiss it, but it was not, it didn't have to be, maybe it didn't have to be attended to at the moment. Did you ever sense that they might not fully believe it or maybe it was a little no, I think they believe. I think they believed me. I think they believed that I was, but I think they still, because they had not seen me in a, in that kind of relationship, in a relationship right. where in a healthy, I should say in a healthy relationship, same sex relationship that they, I mean, they had been taught even earlier than I had been taught that man, woman, you know, all of it. So all of that being said, it was a few years before I was in a committed, serious relationship with a woman, which was also hard for me to tell them. And I did. And it was, but I had been being honest about dating. I dated men and women here, out here in San Diego. And I was honest with my family about it, but it wasn't casual conversation because people are uncomfortable with something that they don't understand or that they haven't experienced themselves, myself included. Can you give me an example of that? An example of some, well, I'm not real comfortable with, well, it's just, uh, no, I can't think of anything. Um, well, no, because I'm an alcoholic too, so I'm comfortable around those folks. Um, recovering, I should right. say alcoholic but like it it does make sense to me that people would be uncomfortable around something that they don't understand but because I've been practicing <laughs> practicing is a, is a weird word to say it but because I have felt kind of different that my empathy level is and I don't mean to be patting myself on the back but it's off the charts because I started out feeling weird as soon as I hit adolescence I've always been just kind of an oddball and so I love oddballs and I really work really hard to try to understand where somebody else is coming from so I can't think of a way so you have, you have a new is. level of compassion but yeah I think so and also like I said I just dropped like an I'm a recovering alcoholic but that too I mean I drink so hard so quickly <laughs> because from like age 16 when I started drinking till right before like a week before my 24th birthday when I gave it up I still remember how awful it was. And I think I was trying to squish all of the feelings that I had that were, that made me feel weird or different or, or whatever. Were some of that feelings of guilt? No, I don't think it was guilt. I think I just, I was, uh, my coping mechanisms were, um, just... they went out the window sure. once I started drinking at 16 because then that's what I used. And so I didn't know anything any better. I mean, I used some of the same things that other people do, like friends, love, relationships, but it was mostly alcohol. And so then at 24, when I gave up that, went to AA and started meeting all of these different people that had been through so much shit that took them to all these different places. 
I just, I live my life trying to understand or when I get frustrated or confused, I just try to turn around and think, I really feel like I'm talking myself up about what a great person I am. But like, honestly, if, if I'm confused by the way someone's behaving towards me, I try to just stop for a second and think, I don't know what's going on with this person. Or can I try to figure out what possibly might be going on with this person so that I can understand and react or maybe change the way that I'm feeling or reacting to them, if that makes sense. I think that's just what people do when they're in a time of confusion. And I think that's what my parents tried to do once I came out to them. And then, you know, four or five years later, whenever it was, when I was seeing Stephanie at the time. And then once I could sort of break through and they could realize, okay, we need to do some work with this on like a spiritual level and a biblical level, they came around really really quickly do I kind of wish that it had been right off the bat when I told them that I was yeah but can you give an example of of that reaction yeah I feel bad I don't know that they'll listen to this podcast but even if they do I don't think it would hurt their feelings because it just it is it is what happened my sister was upset about having to um, eventually perhaps explain it to her children because she didn't understand it, didn't agree with it. You know, it's a, it is, or in her eyes at the time, it was a sin. It's something that people are not supposed to do. It's like a, it's like a lie. You're supposed to repent and you're supposed to try not to lie. It's like being, if people are just, I mean, if you're, if you're doing the wrong thing, you're not supposed to just continue to do it and say it's the right thing, I guess, maybe. Fair enough. Um, and so that's, she hurt my feelings really bad. Um, said that she felt like she was going to have to protect her children from it, you know? It was a thing for a long time. And so, like, I say it was a thing for a long time up until well, they realized I was in a healthy relationship, which didn't take them very long. To come around, but having your, I guess your sexual orientation be like a thing, it hurts. It's heart. It's it's heartbreaking. And my my mom and dad were sort of the same way. They were. Um, they had been working through it. I think I told you that they shelved it, but not completely. They were. They didn't ignore it. They talked about it. I think they saw like a a counselor or something. But then um, we just eased it into conversation. And I think that that's, I think that's the way to do it, um, even with people who aren't family. Like out here and even at home, when it comes to making, making it okay and people more comfortable, it's just like everything. You just talk about it. People ask questions. And it's, if you make it a big deal, it's a big deal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you talk about it in passing conversation, then it turns into just conversation. So that's what I try to do. I try not to make it something. I mean, it is something because people are not, a lot of people are not still on board with it. There are a lot of folks that 
still completely disagree with it, but I don't know, one conversation at a time. Was there anything else that hurt your feelings in that in that time when you were having these conversations with your family? You mentioned your sister and You know, and it, it, no it was just it was very quick it was but the only thing I knew to do was to just say I, I try to I, I think I did I honored my family's opinions a bad word but their feelings I should say because I know it's a lot there was a lot of you've had a long time to deal with this and that, there I'm calling it something which I wish I didn't have to call it anything but it is something and so there was a lot of that when it came to my family. They were like, you've dealt with this. We're just now having to deal with it. And that was very frustrating to me. I thought. It's kind of like the elephant how, in the room, maybe? or Maybe. No. no? I, I was like, I wanted to, and this is going to be real strong language, but I felt, how dare you tell me that I've had the luxury of dealing with this since I was a little girl. Now I got to relax and give you some time to deal with my thing that I've finally managed to get to a place yeah. where struggled to, yeah, to and now let I'm, you hear this. Yeah, yeah. And I feel good about it, but, and then also care about their opinion and their feelings about it yeah. so much that I'm willing to, you know, be honest, upset them and be honest about it. But I do understand it because I, like I said, it's hard for things. It's hard for people to change, especially hard for people to change the way they think about something connected to their prayers. Yeah, you know? their I, I want to say religion, but it's not religion. When I think religion, I think um, structure and people. But I'm talking about like your faith, yeah, 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 and like your your spirituality, because that was really important to me, and I I did struggle with it as a kid and as an as an adult and, and like I said because that was the one thing that really hurt when I was little I was in there in church and it felt right except for that little part you know Allison what do you say to people who are, who are Christians that maybe struggle with having an understanding or compassion for this exact scenario first I would say that just I'm not I don't study the Bible quite as much as I used to. I run a lot on, on feelings when it comes to um, church. I do still go to church, but like Bible study and all that sort of stuff, that stuff's out there for gay Christians and, and for families of gay Christians, or, or if you're trying to figure it out, there, there are studies, and there's, they will break it down. I did a little bit of that work, but most of what I worked on was that God consciousness, I guess, that God connection. And I have felt disconnected to God in my life. And it was when I was doing things that were hurtful and bad for myself. I've moved away from God and I've moved towards God. And I, I always heard that that sort of thing happened. And when I felt further away from God, I was doing things like binge drinking and not talking, not praying to God, not talking to other believers, etc. And I have felt further away from God. And I have not felt disconnected to God while in a loving same-sex relationship. And 
So that's my first, I should say, my first tip that there is such thing as a gay Christian that's not blatantly sinning and being cut off from their higher power. But if you're not a gay Christian, then you can't feel that, right? So what I think my parents do or did or, uh, and then maybe friends who are Christians and, and are trying to understand, is this wrong or is this right? And making a, you know, look at somebody who's in a healthy, committed, same-sex relationship. And you can tell if somebody's, I think, that you can tell when somebody's in a relationship that's good for them, that works, where, where it's healthy. I'm not saying that people need to, to judge other people's relationships, but I think it's, I think it's obvious when somebody's in a, in a healthy relationship or not. So I know they say love is love, but like, that's it. In my opinion, you can tell when somebody's in a relationship that's bad for them or not. Right. What would you say is something that the church overall could be doing to maybe be more compassionate to this community? I think a lot of them, I think... Or is that even a problem? I don't know. Some, yes. I mean, you have the the outrageous churches churches that and i don't I, the only one i can think of is the westboro but it does those are the only folks yeah, that are just i fanatic, think everybody so. can agree that they're coming from a strange place when it comes to their hate but the whole love the sinner is that what it is love the sinner hate the sin thing i'm not a big fan of that one because that's what kept me in the closet and feeling strange for a long time because i was still trying to love myself and hate the sin and that that didn't do anything for me but hurt so that if you, the compassion's fine, whatever. I, I would, and I don't mean to shrug it off and say whatever, but it's it's just frustrating to me. I did a little bit of work um, in the Old Testament and, and reading and seeing that, and there's people involved with translation when it comes to the the whole Bible verse that says, "What is it? The abomination Bible verse everybody talks about." But it's um, it's right there around in the Old Testament where they're talking about don't eat shellfish. And so, you know, I don't mean to minimize it, but it's an Old Testament sin. And I believe that it was taken care of when we made it into the New Testament after Jesus died on the cross, you know. Right. So being compassionate is, is if you still can't wrap your mind around it, you don't care for it, you think it's wrong, girls and guys belong together. And the way that the Bible was written is man, woman, you know then just don't say anything, <laughs> you know, because you're not going to convince somebody who, who feels the way, in my opinion, I should say, people are, you're not going to save them by telling them that they're doing something wrong. I mean, when I went to AA, one of my favorite things that they say is that it's about attraction rather than promotion. So um, don't say anything if you see what you think is a gay person at church <laughs> or if you're just, it sounds... You know, I, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'd say just d don't say anything. Don't try to change anybody's mind when it comes to something like sexual orientation or identity or anything. We know, certainly for anyone that reads the Bible, would know you're supposed to love God. You're supposed to love your neighbor. And I think your advice of, you know, maybe if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything. That's also biblical. So despite what people feel, I hope that they will love their neighbor regardless yeah, of where they're at. I do too. And, yeah. you know, when I think about it, I don't know why homosexuality has got to be the big sin. And I know that sounds like I feel like a victim, but what do you do? 
Christians go to the used car salesman that they know is a liar and a cheat and try to save them and tell them that they're going straight to hell. No, they probably don't say anything. No, they probably <laughs> just don't say anything and then yeah. whatever, pray for them and move on. And so that would be my suggestion. If you can't do the work to try to figure out that it's, in, in my opinion, that it isn't a sin, and it, then just don't say anything. <laughs> Maybe they'll come around and figure it out if you are right, you know. But like I said, I hadn't, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, I don't think I will. <laughs> what, I, what I will say is, I, I applaud your courage, and I know, you know, the old Allison, you know, reconnecting with this Allison 2.0, if you will. And I, I just gotta say, I really love a lot of things about you, Allison. I'm thankful that we're friends, and I'm, I'm glad that we can sit down and we can talk. So I always like to close out with two questions. There might be some people that listen to this, and this is really impactful to them. They may want to reach out to you. How could they do that? Um, I have an email address. I think I might have 3,000 unread messages <laughs> on my personal or email maybe, maybe address. Could... But if you market, isn't there still a way to market important on like Gmail? If right. you put an exclamation point on it, maybe I should start telling people that because there's so much, I don't, there's so much marketing spam that comes in. I don't know if the filter can grab all of it and put it into that promotion tab on Gmail. But sure. a, a Jeff Coat at Gmail. But if someone wrote in the subject line, hey, I heard you on the podcast, yeah, you, I'd would, probably, I'd see that. you would see that. And then, I, can set and, up, and of course, I can set up a rule to make it flash and yeah. turn on and make noise. And so you're and you're it. also on Facebook. and Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're on Instagram. I am. I How am. can people connect on there? Oh, God, I don't know what my Instagram handle is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe we'll try to link to that in, uh, at- in the show notes. <laughs> Yes, that's a better idea. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, Allison, the, the last question we always uh, like to, to end with is, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, my final thoughts, I, I would say if somebody's confusing you or frustrating you, just try to stop and figure out where is this person coming from and how can I, maybe my reaction is, I don't know, something that can change as opposed, because I, I appreciate it. I'm a strange person. I appreciate it when people try to, I don't know. Maybe give me a break if I'm confusing them. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I was like, that is, I don't want to end with saying I'm a confusing person. I'm also wonderful and fun, and it's Friday. You want to end with a bad joke? <laughs> <You> can... <laughs> no. No, fair enough. It is, it is Friday. That's the end, uh, as of this recording. Uh, Allison, thank you again. Mm-hmm.